Welcome back to another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today we have a guest who I've recently met and I've just really enjoyed digging in to Kyle Wilson's content. I've enjoyed studying what Kyle Wilson has built and I've enjoyed becoming his friend. We've uh, been talking offline here and I've just been so incredibly impressed uh, by what Kyle has done over the years, what he's accomplished, but more importantly, who he is and how he's built what he's built. Uh, he's generous, he's a giver. We got connected through our mutual friend, Ron White. And so I just wanna give Ron a shout out and say thank you for connecting me to such a legend in the personal development business. Let me tell you about my new friend, Kyle Wilson. Many of you know him. If you don't know him, you should know this. He's worked with some of the top names in the personal development industry, including his 18-year business partner, friend and mentor, Jim Rome, as well as Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Darren Hardy, Robin Sharma, and many others. Brian Tracy said Kyle has made him millions of dollars. Darren Hardy said Kyle is his go-to person for any marketing solution. And Jim Rohn said Kyle is his trusted partner and friend. Kyle is the author of several books. We're going to give away some books today. Super excited to tell you about that. And he actually partnered with Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield on Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur's Soul, which is a book that many of you are familiar with. Cal's filled huge seminar rooms, launched and published multiple personal development publications with over 1 million subscribers, and has produced and published over 100 plus hours of DVD and CD programs. Kyle sold his companies in 2007 and became Mr. Mom for seven years. That might be the most impressive part of Kyle's background. He now does high-end coaching and consulting. He hosts the Kyle Wilson Inner Circle Mastermind and has helped over 200 people become a number one best-selling published author, hitting multiple number one best-selling books. Kyle, you are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I've had so much fun just studying your background, and I have so many questions for you as to how you built what you built and how you put together all of this amazing content and how you grew these incredible relationships. And we were talking offline and I said, I think one of the things that's going to be a hallmark of your career and ultimately your life is your ability to build relationships. But at the end of the day, you're a kind of a small town guy that came from humble beginnings. And so I want you to tell us your background and your story. Tell us who is Kyle Wilson. Hey, Jordan, my honor to be here. Thanks so much. And you said, hey, Kyle, you built all this stuff. How'd you do it? And I said, you know, I'd have to say year by year, right? You don't do it all at once. But after about 20 plus years, you look back and uh, you go, wow. I remember when I started the Jim Rohn Weekly Newsletter, uh, 2000. And I was one of the early guys. And uh, the, first, the first one that went out, we posted, okay, uh, episode one, right? Newsletter one. And then sure enough, uh, what, five, 10 years later, you're at 500 and you just do it a week at a time. But that's, that's what really all this is about. And it's what my mentor, Jim Rohn, taught me about principles. And so I'm excited to share some of those with you. You know, similar to you, I grew up in a small town and I don't know about you, I, I did not go to college. And I actually, you know, people said, wow, Kyle, you must have been the class president to attract people like Jim Rohn. And I'm like, actually, I was doing drugs. I, I was, you know, just not the person you would have picked to have had some of the success I've had. And at age 19, I had a significant emotional experience, really changed my life. I got serious. And in a small town, I, I did have that entrepreneurial 
spirit. I didn't really have entrepreneurial teachers. I'm a, I'm a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't know where that came from, that gene, but I had it and I started a little detail shop of all things, washing cars that then became a service station that then became the number one service station on the highway and 10 employees and open 24 seven at age 26. You know, I just started describing this recently as I got a whisper because that's truly what it was. It, it wasn't a shout. It's like, hey, you know, really, you're, you're doing well, but uh, there's more out there. And I had bought a little house and had this business and it was like, sell it and move to Dallas. And I would say within six months, I did that. And I had no job. I was going to just start trying to do what I had done in Vernon, Texas, where I grew up. You know, how can I make $100 a day? And very serendipitously, uh, by design, I would say, but serendipitously, some crazy stories that are hard to believe that we don't have time to get into today. I ended up at a seminar and the guy putting on the seminar uh, asked what I did. And I'm like, I'm out of work right now. I'm looking to do some things. He said, well, I'm looking to hire some people. And what it really requires, he didn't tell me this in the beginning, but I found out that you make a hundred cold calls a day to try and book yourself to speak at companies. And these are kind of cold companies like real estate offices and mortgage companies. And you being in the financial service background, you know, some of the, those companies and uh, insurance companies where you go in to give value, the 30 minute presentation, bring value, but then you're trying to sell tickets to a seminar. And so it's a, it's a tough gig to book the meetings, then to go do the meetings then to actually sell tickets. And I could do that. I just, the thought of getting up to speak was terrifying. And I truly mean that. I'm not one of these guys that loves to speak. I'm, I'm an introvert and speaking was just not something I cared about doing, but I felt that whisper. I felt that tug, ended up doing it. Little did I know that would lead me to working some of the biggest names in personal development. Uh, the, the gentleman, I'm not saying his name because even though he was an incredible mentor, it was a broken business model. And I had to go out on my own because I became his top guy and I wasn't making any money. And fast forward, I mean, I had this mantra. I'm a big believer in thoughts, are things. And this mantra was, how do I get 2,000 people in a room? And that's a whole story in itself. But within a couple of years, I was getting 2,000 people in a room. I'd go to a new city and I would hire Jim Rohn or, and Brian Tracy and Ogmandino. I would do these two-speaker events. And then I think I got it up to 2,500. And then in 1993, Jim Rohn said, hey, for this next event, me and my partner have broke up. Broke up. You know, he owes me half a million. We're, we're done. And just pay me directly and I'll take it off the tab he owes me. And I said, well, if you're truly done, Jim, I would love the opportunity to have an exclusive arrangement with you. I think you're the best speaker in the world. I'm a pretty good promoter. And uh, Jordan, I thought that was a better idea than he did. I don't think he was jumping up for joy because I was still kind of new on the scene. And he had had some really bad experiences uh, with uh, partners. So I said, listen, uh, let's just do a handshake. I just want exclusivity and I'll pay you off the top. So it won't even be like we're partners taking in money and splitting it. It'll be, I'll pay for everything and I'll pay you off the top for speaking and I'll go create products and I'll pay you a, a royalty. So we did a handshake and that handshake lasted for 10 years until eventually we put it down on paper. 
But, um, you know, if anyone's heard Jim Rohn, and, and by the way, that first year I took him from 20 dates to 110, I tripled his speaking fee, and that's a whole story in itself how that happened. But then I started creating products. And uh, one of them went on to move 6 million copies as a viral marketing tool. And that was a bit of a God download. I did them for Zig, did them for Brian, because what I found was Jim was the gateway drug to personal development. If someone heard Jim Rohn, they now, you know, the lights went off. So I started another company a year later called Your Success Store. And then that's when I started bringing in Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen and Dennis Waitley. And people say, how'd you work with all these guys? Well, that's how I was Jim Rohn's agent, built an incredible company. And then I thought we can cross pollinate this and, you know, pick the speakers I really wanted to work with. And then I started publishing and started creating books. And as you've learned in your background, Jordan, you know, we learn by doing because I wasn't a speaker. I wasn't an agent. I wasn't a product creator. I wasn't a publisher. I went on to publish and sell millions of books, but we learn by doing. And, um, then when the internet, and this is pre-internet, so when the internet came, I always say marketing is marketing is marketing. It's something we might talk about later, but technology is not marketing. And a lot of people think technology is marketing. No, they're two totally different things. And I applied marketing to, to the internet and was the first guy to build a million plus email list. And uh, as you said, I went on to sell the companies and there's some different reasons why, but uh, yeah, now I'm I'm just doing what I really love and enjoy, and all pretty much all the people I mentioned, other than Jim, who passed away in 2009, uh, you know, I'm still working with today. Almost every person I mentioned's been on my podcast, in my books, being, you know, people that show up for my inner circle calls, and so I've just been really blessed and honored. Well, I'm just considering your story and I'm listening to you talk about legends in the personal development space. I mean, true legends, you know, Jim Rohn and Darren Hardy and, and just some of these incredible people. And you've been able to partner with Jack Canfield. And so one of the things that I've heard you say in one of the podcasts that you were featured on, and, and I, this really just kind of stuck out to me because I see you as a master of adding value. Like you are masterful at adding value to other people such that you can build these amazing relationships, right? Um, and you said this, you said, if you want to be wealthy, become valuable to valuable people. So how do you build so many quality relationships while adding value and doing it the right way? Because to you, that came natural. Maybe it came easy, but to many people, it doesn't. And we have a lot of salespeople listening, a lot of entrepreneurs listening, and they're wanting to know, what is the secret sauce? Like, how did you do that? What were the nuances that maybe came easy to you, but aren't so obvious to other people? Well, you know, Jim Rohn, it was a Jim Rohn quote. You know, Jim said, if you want to become successful, learn to bring value to the marketplace. If you want to become wealthy, learn to bring value to valuable people. And for me, I, I really got the concept. You have to lead with something valuable. I, I'm considered a marketer, and this is how complex my marketing is. The number one principle of marketing is have a great product, right? You know, a lot of people put a lot of effort into being tricky, and they, they think marketing is all about being clever. No, mm. it's about having great products, having great service, connecting the dots, I consider myself a principle-based marketer versus a tactic-based. And I believe in tactics, and that's a conversation we can get into. But um, 
I'll talk about the difference between tactics and principles, but at the core, you have to have a great product. And then you have to bring value. And a good friend of mine, and I've seen that he's been on your podcast, is Bob Berg. And Bob says you have to suspend your own interest and put yourself uh, at the feet of the person you're talking to. Another good friend of mine is Bob Bodine. He wrote the book, The Power of Who, but also Two Chairs. And Bob talks about, again, he's had the biggest people in the sports world. He hired the commissioner of baseball, the commissioner of football, commissioner of golf. He's the guy that when Baylor, you know, fell apart, he brought in Scott Drew and said, you're going to win a national championship and brought in the coach, the football coach for Art Browse that now is in the pros for the Panthers. And, you know, Bob says, again, it's very similar. He's like, when you're a coach and you're interviewing with the, uh, a university or a team, most coaches are sitting there trying to sell themselves. And he's like, no, go in. How can I bring value to this organization if I can't? If I'm not the right fit, don't use me. And I think it was always that mindset, Jordan. And I'm a fisherman. I don't hunt uh, mm-hmm. metaphorically. And so this happens all the time. People say, hey, Kyle, there's this amazing speaker, or this amazing athlete, or this amazing musician. I want to connect you with them. And I'm like, do they want to meet me? It's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I don't need another connection. I I want to work with people that want to work with me. And so it's learning to put out your stuff and attract the right people. I attracted Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen because I was filling up huge rooms for Jim Rohn. I attracted Phil Collin and Def Leppard. You know, they've sold over 100 million albums. And Phil and I have now been together over 20 times. He's been to my house multiple times, vice versa. But I didn't go hunt him. I attracted him because he had heard about Jim Rohn and someone said, Kyle's the guy. And so when you can bring value to the people that want what you have, right? So you mm-hmm. don't try and that's the difference in selling versus attracting, you know, mm-hmm. pursuing versus attracting. So I, that's why I'm a big believer in marketing because and, and actually platform building, like you've built a platform with your podcast and that allows you to put stuff out and then attract those that really want to work with you, which is a clever shortcut and a phenomenal filter. And that just suits my personality is how can I create something valuable that's scalable, right? Mm. That can attract the right people. And from there have great systems that then allow me to go deep with the right people. Well, I love that you pointed out uh, what Bob Berg said and a mutual friend of ours who's just so brilliant, you know, at the art of giving and providing value. And, you know, Bob points out in his book, Go Give or Sell More, that the word sale or sell comes from the old English word salon, which actually means to give. Mm. And there's some young people listening or there's some people listening on the podcast that are thinking, well, I don't have some of those high level relationships that Kyle has, or I don't have maybe some of that ingenuity that comes so natural to him. But Bob goes on to say that we have to give our time and our attention and our empathy and counsel and knowledge and all of that in the world of human economics, when we spend it, it doesn't deplete, it multiplies. And that's what you've done, my friend, is you've just multiplied uh, so much of what you've given away and it hasn't depleted. It's just, it's gotten bigger and you've met more people and you've done more work and it's just been really impressive. No, and I want to play off that a bit. You know, when people say, hey, I don't have your relationships, Kyle. Well, I didn't either, right? You know, we right. all started zero. And right. so that's why Jim Rohn, the guy, 
if people have never heard of Jim, go follow him. And this is the guy that you know, Tony Robbins calls his mentor and Darren Hardy and Eric Worre and Hal Elrod and the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, Jim said it begins with philosophy. And that's what it really gets down to, Jordan. The reason you and I are together today is we have a common philosophy. You know, we're givers, not takers. We want to bring value first. And again, if someone in sales has the right philosophy, they're going to figure this out. If they have a get rich quick, if they have, I, I want to go plant a vineyard and in a, you know, in a month have wine, well, that's not going to happen. You know, that's not principle-based. That's, but that's what the marketplace is selling 90% of the time. And that's when you then have to say, okay, I, I, what's my philosophy? What's my belief system? And if your philosophy is along the lines of Bob, go bring value and good things will happen. It will happen. You know, my, when I was in the seminar world, most of my competition went to a city and kind of pillaged the city. You know, they went in, they hard closed, they left. I took a different approach. I went in, I brought massive value. I did not hard close. And I got so many referrals, so many testimonial letters. I go to the next city and now I'm armed with the number one New York life office, the number one Mary Kay office, the number one business journal in the country. And it just made my life easier. And then, you know, later on when I partnered with Jim, I had this incredible list of advocates already out there. And so when you do things the right way, principle-based, and you bring value like Bob talks about, pretty soon you will have those incredible names. I mean, really, when I look at the list we talked about, I didn't pursue one of them. I created something of value and they, you know, Jim Rohn's the one that fell in my lap, but everyone else I attracted by the ability of creating a platform that had interest to them. And I always say, I don't really like to ask for favors. I like to figure out a way to bring value to people that would be interest, interested in the value I'm bringing, right? And if they're not, yes. that's okay. And yes. then you've got to get clever on how you put that out there. What's interesting is at the top of our conversation offline, before we you know, started recording our episode, you asked me, hey, you know, we can kind of talk about personal development. We could talk about marketing. And I feel like we're just talking about both at the same <laughs> right. time. So we're just going to keep talking it. about going down this path of marketing and personal development. Um, and I want to know when, when you talk about principle-based marketing, which I love, by the way, and it's worked for you, it's so clearly worked for you. And we don't have time to get into all of your principles, but hopefully you can share just like one or two that our audience would find, I know, huge value in. What are one or two that you might just give to us, Kyle, where you say, hey, you got to be thinking this way if you really want to sure. market? Well, let me, let me set it up by saying this. I think marketing is a combination of tactics and principles, and they're both valid. Now, the thing about tactics is those are typically technology-driven. And the tactics I used in 1993 to fill a room were different than the tactics I used in 2000, which are different than the tactics I use now. I have an event uh, tomorrow that I'm putting on. And tactics, again, are technology driven. And in today's world, that can be everything from podcasts to emails to social media to all kinds of apps. And I would say most people are 90% centric on tactics and even more so they think it's technology is the key where it's really marketing and they're not the you know when i talk about john Asraf or darren hardy 
both those guys who I've interviewed, they're part of a, a book we're going to give away. They're longtime friends. Both those guys sum up their role in their business to three things, create content, deliver content, and they're the architect of their marketing. And so when you're the architect of your marketing, you hire the technology. You don't let the top technology be your, your uh, philosophy for marketing. And they're just two totally different things. And we can dive in more if you want later, but that's tactics. Now on the other side are principles. And I gotta tell you, the principles I used in 1993 and then I used in 2000 and I use today haven't changed at all. They're timeless. And I owe all my success to principles. Now I had to absolutely take advantage of the tactics that are available, right? But principles, uh, I'll, I'll throw out several, but I'll hit, I'll go deeper on a couple, right? So I already mentioned, have a great product, have great service. Think of all the companies that spend a fortune and, uh, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars marketing themselves to get a customer that none of us would ever refer ever because their service sucks so bad. Yes. Whatever that disconnect is, it's unbelievable. But then you look at other companies and some of these are debatable. Some people don't like Apple. I do. You know, some people there aren't Nordstrom people, but I am, you know, so whatever it is that that symbolizes for you to where word of mouth. And I got to tell you, 90% of my business is referral and repeat, right? And I love to live there because the difference between warm traffic and cold traffic, you know, cold traffic, that's where all your problems come from. That's where all, you, you know, if people don't know you, and that's why when I created the wheel in 1993, it's very different than a funnel. The wheel was, uh, I drew a circle, I put a hub, I said, Jim runs the hub. Each spoke is a product or service and how do you get people on the wheel and take them around and occasionally give them something to say yes to. But in the meantime, you're building a relationship, right? You're not trying to sell, you're building a relationship. And when the time's right, they'll do it. So when I built my million plus list and I'm marketing Jim Rohn and I was also the agent for Dennis Waitley and a bunch of, I was Ron White's agent actually. And I helped publish all his content before I sold my companies was value, value, value. And occasionally say, Hey, here's a podcast or here's an event or here's a new product. And, um, so that was the wheel. And so, uh, you know, building that relationship is critical. The other principles I talk about are doing things that are synergistic, doing things that are strategic. So on the wheel, each spoke, you know, what are the criteria? Well, for me, the criteria is I don't want to do a one-off. I only want to do things that will be synergistic to everything else I do. So that's a principle. You know, a lot of people say yes to everything, I'm thinking, is it part of my core business? Is it strategic? Will it knock down other dominoes? And is it synergistic? And is it actually something I want to do? And is it actually something that's going to attract the avatar I really want to work with? And it does, does it actually accentuate my secret sauce? You know, what I'm truly put on this earth to do. And when you use that type of criteria, and I got to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And I did that with Jim Rohn International. I was very deliberate with everything we did, not to say I didn't make mistakes, but to me, that's principle-based, right? There's not one tactic involved in that type of thinking, right? So that's 
the principle-based marketing of when people come to me and they want the tactic and I got to say, listen, in 1993, when I partnered with Jim, not one thing changed about his message. The only thing that changed was the strategy, right? And the strategy was not tactically driven. It was philosophically driven. You know, what are we going to quit doing? What are we going to start doing? What one product would knock down all the dominoes? So I started creating some products that literally knocked down the dominoes. And uh, that takes a little thought and a little bit of effort. And I think people are so busy in the weeds with tactics, all the different social medias, and you got to do this and you got to do that. And I'm not saying they're not valuable. They are. But what suffers is actually the, the real thought that goes into doing things that could be great. And I got to tell you, you know, when I look at Robin Sharma and Darren Hardy and people like that, that I've coached and worked with, I feel like, wow, they're, they're really doing brilliant things. You know, they're, they're doing less and making more and living their life and putting out great stuff. And that's principle-based marketing. Well, I love that we've spent time on principles and you've touched on strategies and you've given us your background and you've already added massive value to our listeners but you have some of the best stories in studying you, Kyle, and getting to know you. You're an incredible storyteller, but you also have so many of these stories just by virtue of your, proxim your, your proximity to many great thought leaders. So I'm not going to let you off this podcast until you tell us maybe just one or even two stories when you think about the Jim Rohns and the Darren Hardys, uh, because there's some people that are listening that, that desire to build a really impressive business and to have a legacy, maybe similar to, you know, some of the individuals you just talked about, the Robin Sharmas. Um, I'd love to know what makes them great. And maybe if you'd have a story or two that maybe you could underscore to illustrate how they were different or what set them apart. Yeah, let me let me just tell you some lessons I learned that will accentuate uh part of what made them great. You know, I met Mark Victor Hansen in 1994. And for people that don't know, him and Jack went on to sell 600 million books. So crazy million books, the biggest authors on the planet. And that's all the chicken soup stuff, but it's also a ton of other books that they each wrote. And uh, Mark and I started working together a lot. I would hire him to speak at my Jim Rohn two-day events I was putting on. And he and I did a lot of projects and I caught him on the early end of Chicken Soup. I mean, they'd sold a million books. They were, our, they were doing their second version and he commissioned me, he said, hey, pick any topic you want. And I said, I wanna do entrepreneurs and uh, cause I is one, right? And uh, I love entrepreneurs, but he said, Kyle, and Mark was a big thinker, and some of us accused him of exaggerating. And so when he said, Kyle, we're going to sell 100 million chicken soup books, I said, Mark, that's crazy. Dude, uh, you need to lower your expectations. If you sell 10 million, I'll be blown away. You'll be incredible. Because that just kind of blew away every kind of thought. Well, they went on to sell 600 million. And I'll say Mark really expanded my thinking. You know, and I call it stretching the rubber band. And sometimes we need to be around people like that. You know, I can't discount how much that impacted me spending time with Mark. Now, again, you have to have a filter and say what applies to you, what doesn't apply to you. But, you know, Brian Tracy talks about 
uh, writing down 20 solutions to a problem. And sometimes it's the last solution. And I, I got so many stories. I could just that one thing alone, you know, how I ended up selling hundreds of thousands of books once because I was going to print 5,000, but I did that listing 20 things. And sometimes it's the last things that don't even occur to you, right? They're outside the box. Yes, yes. And I had one and it, it went on to help me sell hundreds of thousands of this one book that I just didn't even have a way to do it. It didn't fit into my paradigm. And uh, so I'll always credit, you know, Mark for helping stretch my thinking. Uh, Brian, 1993, I mean, I'm this young seminar promoter and I'm at his house. I was just back at his house 10 days ago in San Diego, same house. He's been there 18 years. I met Brian in 1991. So we're celebrating our 30th year. But uh, he said, Kyle, you're a young guy. And I didn't have kids at the time. He said, you know, to get the plane off the ground in a business is really difficult. He said, most people go down the runway of life with their business and they're going 80 miles an hour, but the plane never takes off. And it takes more fuel going 80 miles an hour down the runway than it does to actually be three, you know, 30,000 feet in the air going 300 miles an hour. He said, to break gravity takes focus and takes effort. And he said, I really encourage you to take the next two or three years and just pay the price. And I gotta tell you, I did. I, I, you know, I'm a contrarian, Jordan, but I don't know, during this period of time, I became a really good student. I, you know, I learned from Jim, I learned from Brian, I learned uh, from Mark and many others. And, you know, my all time favorite Jim Rohn story is one uh, where early on I'd had an event where we just, I dropped the ball and the hotel had even uh, not, they had another event going on in my room and it was a nightmare. Wow. And we were going to have to wait for this other thing. It was a breakfast thing. They were going to have to be done with it. And then we could set up our event. So we were going to be late and, uh, I remember Jim coming down to check out the room at eight o'clock in the morning. Our event was supposed to start at 10. Now we're gonna have to push back to noon. People were already gonna be showing up. It was just a disaster. And it was truly my fault. I dropped the ball. This was early on. And I remember telling him and I was petrified and I was embarrassed. And he looked at me and he said, you know, it's really not like a good friend died you know, it's going to be okay. You know, people will wait. We'll refund those that want to refund, but the ones that decide to wait, uh, I'll go extra long and I'll give my all-time greatest seminar. And, you know, he did. And here's what's amazing, Jordan. That phrase, it's not like a good friend died. Think of how many times I've got to use that. And here's what's incredible. I've was with Jim all those years. I edited every single program we released after I took off with him, started off with him. And I never heard him say that before. I never heard him say it after. I never heard him say it on stage. I never heard him say it personally. But in that one moment, hmm. hey, it's not like a good friend died. What 
great advice, right? For a type A young guy, you know, that was, uh, because he could have, he could have played it out a little bit. Right. And he yeah. did, he just said, Hey, there's worse things. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Super powerful. And it's, it's even more powerful knowing that, you know, Jim passed in 2009 and, um, I'm just so inspired, you know, just hearing uh, the stories and spending time with you and thinking about this journey that you've been on of building relationships with so many wonderful people. And I want to underscore this too, um, because you've done it the right way, you know, and there's so many people that have amazing relationships and they have networks and then you start to dig in and you get to know them and you start to understand it's a little bit of a tip for tap, you know, it's a little bit of a what have you done for me lately? And there's strings attached. Yeah. And I just sense that with you, Kyle, there's such a spirit of authenticity and you genuinely want to give and you're abundant. Uh, a lot of times when you host somebody who's got a large following on a podcast or they've had a lot of success, there's, you know, screening questions and, you know, they kind of have to have things just so, and there wasn't any of that with you. There was no, you weren't pretentious. You just, <laughs> Hey, let's hang out, you know, and I'm even going to give away some books and, and I want to get to know you and what's important to you. And so I just appreciate your spirit and uh, how you operate. And it's clearly served you so well. And people feel that. And I think it's really worked to your benefit and ultimately it's created a lot of impact. So hey, and I got to say that's reciprocal because Ron White uh, just said, Hey, Jordan's amazing. And, uh, then, you know, I got to research you and see the common friends we have. And then the, the getting to know you uh, before we started was awesome. So I, I did owe that with you. <laughs> well, thanks, my friend. And we're going we're gonna to do some things together over time. Yeah. And I'm confident that Good. we'll continue to stay connected. But before we wrap up the episode, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let our listeners in behind the scenes, because you said, hey, I, I'd like to, I thought I heard you say, I want to give away a book. And I thought, okay, he's going to give away one book. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you said, no, Jordan, like books, like plural. And I, and I said, like, well, how many? And you said, well, like a bunch. And so um, you're kind enough to give away some books. And, um, you know, I, you're not going to charge anything. You just, you just do this on podcasts. And I think this is so cool. And so I'd love for you to let our listeners in on, you know, if they want a book from Kyle Wilson, uh, how do they get it? And then I'm also just going to tell people success habits of super achievers is absolute dynamite. Uh, I've had a chance to go through the electronic version briefly. Haven't been through the full book yet, full disclosure. Uh, but literally some of the top minds on planet Earth. And um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about that book specifically, if you would, and then maybe a little bit more about uh, how they get the book from you if they want an electronic copy. Sure. You know, thank you. And I'm really proud of this book. And if people are watching this on YouTube, here's the, it's a big book. It's like a seven by 10 320 pages, and I'm giving away the digital version. Uh, and that and some other cool books for, for the ladies. I got one called Passionistas that I did with 40 uh, millennial women, uh, incredible stories. And so there's several books, a recent one called Don't Quit. And I have a lot of celebrity authorities, part of my book, this particular book, Success Habits. My goal was to have some of these iconic thought leaders that are longtime friends. And so it included Darren Hardy and Brian Tracy and John Asaraf and Dennis Waitley and Phil Collins, Def Leppard and Les Brown. And what was really cool were these came from interviews where I'm at their house, we're spending time together and we talked through it. And um, um, 
again, uh, just something I'm really proud of. And so if they want to get that book and a bunch of others, plus those, the people I mentioned, I think their interviews are also included on the download page where you can go get these. It's uh, send an email to Kyle at kylewilson.com, uh, Kyle at kylewilson.com, and just put a Jordan podcast in book, something like that. And if you're a Jim Rohn fan, I want to know. Like this, you know, the great honor of my life was 18 years with Jim, and we have an instant camaraderie when someone's a Jim Rohn fan. So if you're a Jim Rohn student or if you have a story, let me know. And yeah, tell me how you know Jordan and what you do. I'd love to hear about it. But I will, uh, you know, give me give me a few days from the email. But when you send them in, I it's not even an autoresponder. It's something you know we we take a look at and respond to people. Kyle, that is so awesome. I'm going to send an email. I want a couple books. Do. I'm, I'm I'm in. And yeah. um, and, and I'm going to like that. I you know we're talk we talked earlier about principles, right? Mm. So the email I'm going to send you back, I think, is pretty well crafted. And the page I'm going to send you to, I think, is pretty well crafted. And I would love to know your thoughts on it, Jordan, because it definitely is not hunting. It's definitely bringing value, bring value, bring value. And then those that really resonate with it, they go, okay, this is he's he's singing my song, right? And so, yeah, please do, because I'd love you to see uh, see how I communicate, you know, to the world. I can't wait to get it. And it will be one more piece of value that you add because you have added so much value to my life already. And I know that you've added a lot of value to our listeners. And so I just want to say again, from the bottom of my heart, Kyle, thanks for spending time with us. Uh, I got better today. Our audience got better today. And I'm really excited just to continue conversation to get to know you better and to hopefully also add value to your world. So um, anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Any final parting words? Well, first of all, I want to say you're a class act. So thank you, Jordan. Uh, It's been my honor to be with you. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things I could say, but I think taking a step back and really thinking about what you want to be in three years, five years, uh, it's an exercise I have people do. Like if I, in three years, if I was going to be number one in something or not number one in the world, but you know, number one in whatever that looks like or be at the top or in five years, what would that be? And it's a bit of a defining exercise that helps us get really clear And I did a little Facebook post the other day and it came during my morning quiet time, you know, when I'm meditating in in my journal and it's work is really us bringing our gift to serve other people. And the more you can get clear on what your gift is, how you can use it to serve other people, you won't have to worry about money. Now it is a bit of a process, but part of that's taking a step back and getting really clear on what it is you would love to do and then realize it's not a direct path. I didn't know who Jim Rohn was. So I couldn't have set a goal. Hey, I want to work with Jim Rohn because I didn't know who he was. So don't get so specific on who you're going to work with or what it's going to look like. Just get specific on what you think makes you special, what you love to do, what you're born to do. And then the more you can put yourself in a position to deliver that, you know, transformational things, you know, will happen. It's going to take a little time, but that's the, that's the journey you want to be on. Well, Kyle, uh, that's the perfect way to end our conversation. Uh, Again, I'm inspired. I'm delighted. uh, I'm I'm grateful. And so, again, I just want to say thank you. Sometimes you you have those conversations where 
all you can really say is thank you, but it seems like thank you isn't enough. So um, I'm looking forward to further conversation. And for those of you listening, go follow Kyle. Uh, order order these books, dig into his content. If you want to scale a business, I mean, this is truly a legend at the art of scaling. I mean, this guy uh, has scaled maybe uh, for more people in a bigger and more impactful way than anybody. Uh, literally walking planet earth. I mean, this is a legend in the world of marketing and, and scaling and uh, what a treat it is to have you on the Montgomery Companies podcast. So Kyle, until next time, be well, be great and uh, have a wonderful day. I look forward to talking again real soon. Jordan, thanks so much. You too. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. We want to give a special thanks to Kyle Wilson for spending your time, treasure, and talent on us today and our community. And also to you listeners, thanks for spending time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. What a treat it is to have a group of people that want to grow and get better and spend time with us. Uh, If you enjoyed today's conversation, if you've been enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you would rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, um, share it. It would mean so much. It helps with the exposure and the visibility and an effort that we might move our mission of impact forward to help more people. Uh, Thanks again for who you are and for what you do. Be well, be great. Have an amazing day. 